Hello, all Beer Inside listeners. We here understand that not everybody has a chance to watch our YouTube video, therefore we've decided to release the audio portions of the YouTube video twice a week for the upcoming foreseeable future until everything is caught up. Uh, This time's episode, we are continuing our Women's History Month of Beer, where we speak with Ashley, also known as Pour in Perspective, on Instagram. Please enjoy. Welcome back to All Beer Inside. Uh, joining me today during the quarantine episodes, I have Ashley, also known as Pour in Perspective on Instagram. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, so uh, as we usually do on the show, we have a beer with our virtual guests. Uh, let me know what you're having tonight. Yeah, I'm having this uh, Berliner Melon Weiss from Denim. I just picked it up at uh, Puso Bobian, which is about a one-minute walk from my house. It's just down the corner. And uh, yeah, it's 3.9%. I've never had it, so uh, I'm taking a gamble. What is that you? the dragon one, or is that the other one? No, the melon one. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a fan of the dragon one. I like that. <laughs> uh, I'm having from Riverbend in Alma, Quebec. The, uh, the light's not great, but uh, the Scotch Maple... Or scotch ale with maple. So as I say on the show, it's a toast. It's a toast. Cling. Cling. (laughs) Okay. I need a little bell or something or like a fake sound effect to to kick in. Yeah, maybe a gong or something. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, So what's your story? What got you into uh, craft beer and in turn beer Instagram? Yeah, so I'm from uh, BC, originally the Okanagan, and moved to Nanaimo when I was in my teens and uh, grew up there. I um, I lived off and on in Columbus, Ohio when I was in my, uh, I guess, 19 to like 22. Um, and so I would stay there in the summers and any time I had off from school, basically. I lived in this area called the Short North, which has the most breweries per square capita, more or less. So I, uh, I had a bike and I would, you know, bike down the street and you would hit probably like five breweries within, you know, a five minute bike. Uh, there was Seven Sons and Elevator and there was quite a bit. Um, so that was sort of how I got introduced. Uh, I would, yeah, through, through being there. And when I left and I was never, I wasn't planning to go back, I came back to BC and I kind of realized that there was a lot around me that I'd never really seen before. I was uh, obviously in college and craft beer wasn't the thing that college kids really turn to. So I started discovering what was near me. My friends uh, opened up White Sales Brewing in Nanaimo. So we would spend most of our days there and just sort of hang out. It was very casual. I wouldn't really call it craft. It was borderline craft, I guess. And so since like- then they've micro macro kind of yeah yeah sort of I guess to just never really follow the trends is how I would put it um the west coast especially Vancouver Island was falling behind a lot um of course in Vancouver you have places like Superflux and you have Twin Sales and Strathcona which are fairly well known ish um so then we started getting a lot of imports from Vancouver and that was very neat um so yeah so that was sort of my introduction to it and then uh, I moved to uh, Montreal for my master's degree at McGill and uh, I think it was official Mr. Crafty Anthony who uh, reached out to me he like used to comment on my posts and he said you know wait till you come to Montreal Quebec is the best beer scene in all of Canada and I arrived and I looked around and I said okay where like I couldn't find it it wasn't really very prevalent uh, for somebody 
that didn't know about depeneurs. That's not really a thing in BC. Uh, so I had no idea what a depener was or nor a beer specialty store. Um, and I was living in the West Island and then I moved back into the city and I lived right next to Experience Bier and I used to go there quite a bit. And that was sort of my my primary introduction, I guess, to the Quebec scene. So very grateful for them. And uh, I'd say like Pub Brewski was probably the first bar I ever really stepped foot in. Yeah, that is the big convenience we have in Quebec versus the rest of Canada, I find, is the the beer store. Mm-hmm. Like, not not the beer store like Ontario, but <laughs> the, the local craft beer store, which uh, Ontario is getting better. I know the grocery stores are starting to have craft a craft scene, uh, but they're nowhere near like the IGAs are here in Quebec. No, it's very slow and gradual. Even BC, it was illegal up until mm. recently. Um so of course you have like the big liquor stores, but then you have to sort of know like which one is carrying which and they never really had like a big Instagram presence or Facebook presence. Like Quebec is all about Facebook and like, uh, you know, they put up their releases for what they get in. And um, so that was pretty nice to have that access. So, yeah. Yeah, I do find it is uh, very helpful, but at the same time, uh we need more unification of rules across Canada for, for booze, but uh, from, um, like you said, per capita in Columbus, which sounds fantastic. Five minute bike ride. I hit five breweries. Uh, Vermont's the same 10 minute bike ride, five breweries. It's, it's amazing. So uh, Columbus is, is on my list of places to visit, especially the Brewdog hotel. Mm, yeah. 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 yeah and uh, and who parted was one that we lived very close to as well. And it's funny. We used to make fun of who parted because we thought that their beers weren't very good and now they've just like really taken off. And so, yeah, now I have regrets. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, the FOMO is a thing, unfortunately, for a lot of people. And and you just got to take a shot in the dark. It it was how my craft beer basically started was I was working next to uh, where the Mondial started. And I'm just like, hey, let's try all these weird beers. Oh, my God, beer has flavor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the name Pour in Perspective, where'd you come up with that? <laughs> so uh, I actually had th- two different usernames before it. Um, so because I was an English major and I mostly was drinking and writing my thesis, um, I was writing a thesis about these alcoholic writers. And so I wanted to get into character and I wasn't an alcoholic, but of course I was drinking to get into the spirit. And so I called myself BC Beers and Books, I believe. And um, so I kept that for a while, moved to Montreal, and I did my master's in English Lit, not on the same generation of writers, but I just, it carried over. So I called myself MTL Beers and Books up until, oh gosh, I guess it was October, maybe. And then Pouring Perspective sort of came from a, I think I just kind of was sick of seeing the same repetitive photo of, you know, a can with the beer behind it. Um, I was I was doing it for a long time and I just found like it was very stagnant and I felt like it didn't really show the side of craft beer that people want to see, um, nor the most important part of craft beer. Obviously, the final product is important mm-hmm. to an extent, but I think that there's a lot that we miss in the sense of kind of seeing the action that goes into it. People, people, people drink beer, but people make beer and that's kind of the most important part for me. Um, so yeah, Pouring Perspective sort of just came from, I think, just not even just like the beer, but just seeing like the, the other sides of the beer community and the, the beer industry, I think, as I've gotten further on is more of my objective. Yeah, your photos are very uh, well lit and, and bright, I find a lot of the times. Um, 
and there's almost like semi-action photos in some of them where uh, like one of the most recent ones is where you're still pouring the beer in and you're taking the picture. Uh, where does that kind of inspiration come from? Um, yeah, so I would say not from anyone in the area. Um, I would say that that I've met, been fortunate enough to meet uh, Melissa and Eric. So her name is Beauty of the Beer and he's his barrel aged beer. I met them in Connecticut in February. Um, I've been talking to them for a while. She's definitely my biggest inspiration. She just has, you know, gorgeous, like a gorgeous eye, I think, for the light and the way that something works. And she also does a lot of behind the scenes. And the other one is Julie, a uh, craft beer deer. He's, she's probably one of the most famous, I guess, Instagrammers out there. And she's a professional photographer. And I take a lot of inspiration from the way that she plays with light and space. Um, I think, yeah, it's very versatile. So those are probably my top two. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You also got nice little write-ups with each one too. So you can see right there, like you said, masters in English. Mm -hmm. uh, what made you decide McGill over any other university like in Canada, or like McMaster's or anything like that? I got into a, the top three. I got into UBC, U of T and McGill. Uh, my mom, my mom lives in Vancouver and I, I stayed home for my family more or less. It was kind of, they, they wanted me there and I didn't really want to be there, but it just made sense. My dad lives in uh, just outside of Toronto, so it, I was thinking about it, but I felt like it was time for me to sort of get away and be on my own and kind of discover life, and I wanted to really throw myself into a really uncomfortable situation, so I really didn't know a lot of French in high school. In BC, you learn French, obviously, but no one really takes it seriously because you don't think you're ever going to use it. And I think my exact words were like, why am I learning French? I'm never going to use it, and then I ended up moving to Quebec. So yeah, so McGill was just highly appealing because it was far away from everybody. It was completely new and it was going to be a difficult situation. I knew nobody here. I have no family here. And uh, yeah, it was the best decision I ever made. And I don't know about McGill in general, but I think that my Montreal experience has been the most enriching. And I definitely uh, consider Montreal home now. I don't see myself anywhere else at the moment. Yeah, we are quite the diverse city, which is very nice. Uh, I always try to embrace the diversity of people, let alone the beer I'm drinking, which is great. And you can always taste the diversity uh, that's out there in the craft beer industry. Uh, it has, like you said, maybe been a little slower to grow than you expected, uh, but it is it is coming. It was coming into fruition. I know there was more breweries planned. Uh, those are all in, on hold, unfortunately, at this time. Uh, but we'll see what's. Uh, what the next year brings us for most of these guys, I'm really hoping all of them survive and all of them are prosperous. I know some are hurting without having a tap room, unfortunately. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I got, you know, I've become good friends with uh, Troy and Drew uh, from La Brest and Kahnawake. I know those guys are hurting, but uh, we just got to support them while we can, so. Yeah, I know Troy is really hoping to push for um, Quebec beer delivery. This is the one thing that we don't really have. And I know Troy quite well. And, uh, you know, in some ways, it, in, it sometimes can water down the brand a little bit, having that much accessibility. And because we do have such wide distribution to Depeneurs, um, there's almost not really a need. But I do, I do understand because I just placed uh, two orders from Half Hours on Earth recently. Um, just because I, I was kind of lacking a certain something in Quebec. Um, I find, you know, you can only have so much of the, the same places and it's nice to be able to expand and not being able to travel as hard. 
So it would be nice if Quebec could do some more interprovincial um, shipping. I think not just within the province, but elsewhere, because I think people are scared to come to Quebec for A, the language. Yes. You know, in the US, people are very scared about that. And B, they don't really know anything about the breweries because they've never had access to them. They know, you know, like Dunham because it's uh, such a classic or Deliciel. Mm -hmm. But other than that, they're not as familiar. Masoram is for sure getting up there. But uh, but even still, we need to be able to, to transport it elsewhere and let people in too would be very nice. Yeah, uh, I, I'm always I've constantly ever since I've kind of gotten into craft beer, I've been a proponent of why can't I get a beer from BC? And I understand that there is language laws, uh, but hey, just put a sticker on your can. That's the way I look at it. Exactly, just slap so, it around the front. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, I'd spoken with. Uh, well, I was speaking with Mark from Stray Dog Brewing, and he said it would be easier for him to ship to Gatineau than it is for him to actually ship to Toronto. Wow. So. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sucks, but it's there. Uh, so uh, mentioning Troy, he's the one who introduced me to uh, the guys you kind of are working for, but, but it's a weird situation, like you mentioned before the show, uh, but Wood Brothers. Uh, how how do you like how do you like that scene? I know you're speaking. You spoke to Natasha, and I forgot the other person you you had mentioned. Yeah, so it's Natasha and Mark um, that primarily own it, but it's basically it's it's owned by four people that have shares in it. So it's Natasha and Mark, and it's on their property. Uh, so it was Mark's dad's property, as I believe, and it was passed on to him. Um, it's a large acreage. I think there's five, 55 acres um, that they have. So it houses his separate business, which is White Pine Lumber, which is what Natasha and Mark also work together on. So they're working together all the time. And then it's also uh, Dan and Louis, the two brewers that have a share in it as well. So it's kind of co-owned between the four of them, more or less. Um, so yeah, so like I mentioned before, I, I was brought on fairly recently in March. And uh, since then, it's really grown into a almost full-time job. I'm sure Mark will see this and he'll uh, have a comment about it. But uh, he's trying to get me to work full-time for it, but I have a job right now. And uh, until we really get to the expansion that we hope to, it's not uh, feasible. So, but I really love it. So I do mostly all the comms work. So I do the social media. So I do all the photos and the write-ups and the translations. I hope they're correct. And uh I do um, our website, so we I, we have a bottle shop right now, like a merch site bottle shop that we do. So we're going to be doing a release. It's obviously this might air later, but um, on Friday. So we just announced that recently. So I'll be going up Friday, and uh, I'll be going to Wood Brothers on Friday to do inventory. So basically, I put the website live. I do we do counts, we do inventory together, sort of as a whole. I'll do a couple product pictures when I'm there, a couple action shots, just to sort of get some content. And then, yeah, we basically fulfill the orders. Natasha and I will go in the back in the cold room and we'll prep everything. And uh, hopefully, this time I make no mistakes. And uh, <laughs> and it's been really a learning process. I do enjoy not just sort of like the the social side of things in the sense of taking photos and you know write-ups and whatnot because it can get a little repetitive but seeing also the business aspect as well seeing like the the real strain that goes on behind closed doors and you know all the the financial parts of it so so yeah so we're we're doing that and i also have been tasked with um helping develop uh, the labels for our cans. So we have a canning line that should be coming in two months. 
Um, and so we're currently in development of labels. We've been back and forth for quite a while. So when I go, again, this will be aired later, when I go on Friday, uh, we will be probably deciding on a final label um, and tweaking it a little bit and putting it off for print. And um, yeah, so that's sort of the trajectory, I guess. We have a large expansion going on right now as well. So we have two on the side. So we mm -hmm. have the original tap room with the brew house in the back. And we have one expansion in the back, which will house some new fermenters and new bright tanks. Um, and then probably the canning line will go back there too and maybe some storage. And then the other one on the front is going to be sort of like an open air sort of terrace. And uh, we'll have like a large garage door. And uh, so people that have been coming to pick up beer for the releases, they, they love seeing the quick progression because we marked out how was his, uh, his business there that deals with lumber. We have a pretty good access to the materials. <laughs> So it's been fairly quick and their, their sons help as well um, to build. So it's kind of just like a family affair, I would say. Everyone sort of pitches in and uh, yeah. So it's been a very, very interesting experience. And the beers are just as popular as Masorum from what I'm seeing. And Masorum is a hop, skip and a jump from my house. So yeah, we are we are very close friends with Masorum. I am personally close friends with uh, my friend Gabrielle Olivier, the breweries there but we as a brewery we're very close with them Louis is often stopping by to hang out he loves them we joke around that he's gonna leave us to go to mess around it will never happen but but uh, no so we've already done a collab together we did it um, so that was one of the first sort of shoots that I guess I had done um, so I did Mark had this is prior to me working there Mark said you know like you take good pictures can you go shoot some photos for our collab I said, sure, why not? That sounds awesome. And so I got to meet all the guys, uh, Marc-Andre and Vincent. And um, yeah, we just had a blast and we sort of formed a relationship from there. So hopefully we can maybe do a collab in the near future. I know they're very busy and we're very busy and with the COVID restrictions and we, we all sort of have full-time jobs at Wood Brothers. So this is just our fun side gig, we like to joke. Um, but eventually when it grows, like you said, when it's growing at that pace, someone's going to have to step up and take the lead on a potentially taking it on full time. And uh, so we'll see what the future holds. I do know it's very popular and people will come and say it's the Hill Farms of Canada. And we're very humbled by that. We don't see that. I definitely see it in the land, you know, for sure. But uh, we have a lot of work to do before we get to that level. Hill Farmstead's an entire other beast. I, I, I don't know if you've ever been, but oh my God. It's, yeah, uh, I've been uh, three times, I guess. Yeah, yeah it, it just like waiting an hour to drink a beer and then waiting an hour to buy beer to leave with. I'm like, this is great for them, but not for me because I'm alone. <laughs> I want to just get all this stuff done. Or at least as Wood Brothers, I had to wait 15 minutes for a big pile of people to, to pass, which was still, it was like dead of winter and there's much snow on the ground. Not as many people are going to be going out, especially in Canada with the snow, with the amount of snow we get sometimes, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you basically collab in a sense with Wood Brothers by by joining the team, and you collabed with Missorum. Are there any other ones in the future that you could think of uh, across Quebec or Ontario? I know you can't really speak for Natasha and Louis and them, but any yeah. ones you would personally like to to be involved with? Um, so I've, I've, in terms of my collabs, I guess I would consider myself more as like again, like the I like to capture. The, the work that's being done. So I've already done Pavruski. I did, I, I actually reached out to Guillaume directly and asked if I could, uh, they were canning some of their first beers. I think it was the Brew Juice Tropical actually. Mm -hmm. So 
So I got to meet the guys from Vessel Packaging, um, and they were they were really sweet. We just spent the day doing it, and I got to see all the the, the disasters, you know, like the CO two tanks kind of failing out, and like all these things that people don't really realize, and then they wonder, you know, like oh, you know, the beer's not ready yet. Like the release was supposed to be ready at four p.m. Why is it not ready? Well, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't realize. You know, like you have to weigh every single can. You have to, you know, something goes wrong. You know, the lids aren't going on properly. It's not sealing. Like you have a jam and then you have to stop it and check it. And so there's those kind of minuscule things like that that I like to kind of make people aware of. Or at least I hope that I can in my photos. But uh, in terms of collabs, you know, like I, I do hope that... Uh, eventually that more Quebec breweries would be more willing to open their doors to people to see or to take pictures. Like uh, Ericana is one that I would love to take some photos of um, because I'm, I live, I just moved and I live not that far from them and it's a beautiful space. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't like to insert myself too much. I kind of, you know, if it comes, it comes, but uh, I will always avoid the uh, the influencer title. Gab will make fun of me for that. But uh, I don't uh, like to call myself that at all. I just like to just be present in the moment. Yeah, we. Uh, when I started this, I never expected to, things to take off the way they did. It's the same way. And, and myself and Phil, my video guy, are invited to all these events. And we're like, wait a minute, this is not what we were expecting at all. I, we just kind of wanted to sit around and drink some beer and give money because we're supposed to. And they're like, here, try this new beer here. And we're like, okay, who do we give money to? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is you tasting our beer. No, 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 wait, this doesn't work for me. This, And I'll never, ever look at a gift horse in the mouth anyway. And I appreciate every single brewer, influencer, whoever we get together, whoever I grab a beer with. I grabbed a beer with Beer Brit. He spotted some pints. We've spotted some pints with him uh, back and forth. So it's, uh, it's really fun uh, to be part of this uh, community. And like you said, there are some excessive beer snobs that are, can really kind of cut down on their negative attitude they have. Yeah. Um, where you have to understand like, this is these guys' jobs. They're looking for perfection and quality control so that you don't go on some website later and crap on them because you had a, a something underfilled by a millimeter. So. 100%, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you brew yourself? Um, I have not, but actually I have plans to, uh, do a little home brew. We're going to do a, a wild fermentation, I think. Um, so it's going to probably be about a year. We'll see if it holds up in my house or not. I'm doing it. I'm collabing with a, well, a friend that works at a brewery, but, uh, it's not, it's not going to be for that brewery. But, uh, I, I know maybe, uh, Mark has mentioned about maybe learning to learn, uh, sorry, learning how to brew, um, at Wood Brothers. But, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm there just yet. Um, I would actually love to learn how to blend before I learned how to brew. I think it takes a lot of patience and, uh, like it's very artful. I know brewing is also an art, but there's more of a a precision, I think, that goes in it, whereas blending can be very spontaneous and you don't always know what the outcome is going to be. So that's something that I would love to learn how to do. So I hope in my near future that will be there. <laughs> awesome. That sounds fantastic. And I look forward to trying whatever beer you eventually collaborate on. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hopefully it's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. never know. Even if it's bad, it's, it's always that first one. Plus, if yeah. you know it's bad, then you're not going to be serving it to other people unless you... Yeah, can... it'll be like a fun dream for you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> unless you're like, okay, tell me what could make this better. Exactly, exactly. I think, yeah, being able to take criticism is very important in this in this industry, and as is any industry, honestly. But uh, I think sometimes people can get very sensitive about their beers. 
and they put up a, a real front about, uh, you know, like my beer is the best and, you know, I don't need to change anything because everything's great when, you know, it's, it's good to be able to take criticism sometimes and hear your customers. That's one of the things I love about Messerem is that they heard the, the community in, in Quebec. Like they, besides Bud Canada, there was really nobody around. And especially in Montreal, there's nobody doing the hazy IPAs and the smoothies and big stouts, which came later. Um, so like I really listened to their customers and they heard a demand and they just, they just fulfilled it, you know? Like they yeah. just straight up just laid it all out there. And now they are the hawk gods of Quebec more or less. And it was well done for them because that's what we need. We need for people to actually listen and not get stuck in the traditional roots, I think, is that Quebec is very uh, heavy on their traditional styles, their Belgians, their loggers, you know, and they need to learn that, you know, it's okay to do that, do it well, but also, you know, you can switch it up once in a while and you can play around. Yeah, I mean, especially with Montreal being like one of the older cities out there and there are a lot of traditionalists, uh, but that's... You know, that's shifting. You could even see by the numbers from places like Molson and uh, InBev losing customers to craft. Uh, any of some of your favorite beers out there that you like to have and just sitting back in a night? Tonight's a New England style night. It's this kind of night. Where, where do you kind of go for with your flavor profile? Yeah, I usually gravitate towards um, an IPA. I, I try and stay away from calling it a New England IPA because uh, in Quebec, people love to brand it a New England IPA and they don't seem to know what a New England IPA really is. So there's no need to really call it that. Um, but yeah, I usually have my fridge of, of you know, Messerem. I think I have some um, Gallicus in the fridge as well. Um, but I like to sort of play around. So usually my fridge would be stocked with my haul from the US. Unfortunately, that's not uh, gonna happen anytime soon. Yeah. But uh, lately I've been turning towards um, Pilsners. I've, I say to everybody that I meet, I say Pilsners are gonna be the new IPA this summer. I do think that they're making a comeback. And um, after going to a couple places that really focused on how to do a good Pilsner, that was something that I just, I fell in love with. So as much as I joke about, you know, like people need to listen and they need to learn how to do an IPA, I do think a Pilsner is important or lager is nice to have some versatility as well. As long as it's done well, I think it's okay to, you know, you can make a, everyone can make a really crappy Pilsner, I think, but it takes skill to really do one well, so. Yeah, usually in my fridge. So lately on these, you know, really warm days, I think that's uh, what I'm turning towards. Something a little bit lighter. Yeah, I'll always go with a lager during the summer. Something crisp, clean. And I know the difficulty that these uh, these groups of guys and the gals have to go through the brewers to make a lager consistent. Uh, you're talking, was it an extra six weeks of just making sure that it sits and balanced and uh, even steam whistle, I mean, as, as big as they are now, they still make a consistent Pilsner. So mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Uh, any beers that you've heard of that you'd want to try or any breweries I should say? <laughs> um, yeah, I would love to go to Jester King. That's one of my dreams. Um, my friend, Emma Puffin Pint, actually, she, uh, she's from Texas. I met her at, uh, on the patio. Uh, Daryl, who's a hippie hopness, I think, just walked up to her table and she had her dog and said, you know, can I sit here? And so we became really great friends and he, he's just sort of intrusive like that, <laughs> but in a good way. And uh, so she's been to Jester King and 
I just really love the way that they, they really care for the land. They really tend to it and they, they use the land to their benefit. So I think that would be really fantastic. And I'd like to go up through the Catskills as well into New York and probably do like a Mortalis and a Weaver Hollow, um, more of the spontaneous stuff as well. So yeah, that's, that's something that I would like to do and maybe go down even to uh, the Southern areas, who knows? Honestly, I'm up for a road trip anytime, <laughs> anywhere far. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite, it wasn't the beer, but it was the atmosphere, it was Queen City Brewing. Mm, okay. It's just like this large warehouse. The The bathrooms are all old hollowed out, um, like truck cabs, metal oh, cabs. Cool. Yeah. It, the size, the place is so big, it looks like you could hold a volleyball tournament in it. Oh, wow. That's yeah. And the uh, pallets are basically old wood that was no good to support like structure. They just hollowed it out and made it to a, a flight. So. It's amazing when people can just like take any sort of material and turn it into something. I think there's one that is open up in Vancouver too called Container Brewing and they literally took a shipping container and they used that as their bar tap room space and I just thought you know how cool it's so unique. <laughs> uh, yeah the create the cre I find the creativity between uh, what you're brewing to what you're creating for the public to see in your image it's all just kind of there together. So, and, and even like Instagram, uh, I don't know any Instagrammers who have become super popular brewers. I, I don't think I follow personally follow enough people, uh, but who knows what the future holds. This could just be the beginning of where your craft of uh, Instagram and your words become something else. So for sure. Yeah. Uh, Beercations, previous ones, future ones when it's safe to travel again. Yeah, so the, the first beercation I ever did actually was, um, I, so one of the things I love the most about the, the Instagram community is I think everyone will say it is just the friends that you meet, like the, through it, the, I mean, I'm probably on the younger side, I'm 24 and I'm Anglo and I'm a girl and uh, that already puts me at a huge disadvantage um, when it comes to the beer scene. So I think it was pretty cool the way that we just sort of all met each other and the very openness with which people, you know, took you into their group. Um, so I actually met uh, my friend Nick, who was in Gatineau, his name is Rebruce. And uh, we went, he just, we became really good friends. I think we were, went to uh, Dominion City for their anniversary, actually. And we went to the Bose Oktoberfest shortly after. And then we went to Messerum at one point. He said, you know, like, hey, I'm thinking about going to Vermont. You know, would you like to come? The weather looks great. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds fantastic. I've never been. He's like, oh, well, let me show you. So, yeah, I think Hill Farmstead was the first real road trip brewery that we hit. And though I will have a tip for you is that you can always go probably about half an hour earlier than they open and they will still let you in. So if you go early, then you don't have any line and you have the whole place to yourself. And that was really the thing that changed me because I think I've went like maybe three times after that too. And if you go really early, there's not really a line at all. Um, so yeah, so we went all through Vermont. We did like, we did there, we did Stowe, we did Alchemist, you know, the traditional sort of ones. We did Burlington Beer Company, Foam. Uh, we went to like the the Burlington, um, I think Burlington Beer House, what's it called? There's a beer place in- Vermont Pub and Grill? No, it's in Winooski actually. The Winooski Beverage House is what it's called. Oh, a uh, beverage warehouse in Winooski, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one we went there. So that was pretty cool. And then after that, I was like, oh man, there's so many places that we didn't even get to go to. I need to go again. And I, I went again with a different friend and we had up a couple other ones and um, we went to Red Clover and I met Andy, who's just an absolute gem. 
and it's very family owned small town and then we did um what did we do we did maine we went to portland we did like thistle brothers uh the whole works like this uh maine portland maine is pretty cool because there's so many places in such a small area that you can pretty much hit the one area is the allagash main house so the huge allagash tap room but then you have like definitive brewing company austin street brewing um you have um there's like quite a few other ones in that area battle battery steel i think is there too um so we did that and then yeah i went to chicago for an academic conference did all the big names in chicago as well which uh chicago would not recommend for a beer chip i know kaiser loves it i watched his interview and i was screaming at the tv saying you know like don't go to chicago it's the worst for a beer chip <laughs> unless you have a car because I took the train and everything is very far and kind of in sketchier neighborhoods and uh, it's not ideal. Um, and yeah, then, I, I felt that way in um, between Brooklyn and Queens. It was like, okay, uh, it's still daylight. Yeah. Now we'll take the train. So. Yeah, Queens is really, uh, really something. Eh? And uh, the most recent one we did, like I already mentioned, we went uh, down through to, uh, we did Treehouse, which was our only stop in Massachusetts. Went down through Connecticut. I met uh, Eric and... Uh, Melissa at 12% Beer Company, which houses, uh, it's a co-op, collective brewing space. And I met Alex, the owner who uh, runs in distribution, and uh, Zach from Marlowe Ales, and Chris, who was the overseeing the barrel program at Hill Farmstead. So we all just sort of, I got to meet a lot of people there, which was fantastic, with Fox Farm, and up through, you know, Hudson Valley, and Suarez was I, the, our last stop, and I uh, I adore Suarez. I would go there as soon as the border opens. That's it. That's the first place. I think that's one of your questions. That's the first place I'm going to is Suarez. Okay, uh, and then outside North America, any plans? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Nothing in the near future. I really am not as versed with other areas, I guess. I know down in, like, I think it's Brazil. They have quite a few, like, South America sort of area. And even in like Europe, I guess, but it's not, I don't think it'd be my main priority, honestly. I think um, North America is scant for certain things. And so like, it's nice to just prioritize beer. So uh, what's next for yourself uh, when it comes to beer Instagram? Uh, you've already mentioned Wood Brothers has had a huge expansion. So mm -hmm. those who follow Wood Brothers, check out uh, at Wood Brothers 2018 uh, on Instagram when you have a chance. Wood Brothers Brewing on 2018? Maybe it's Wood Brothers. Wood Brothers Brewing 2018. There we go. <laughs> uh, check them out. But as for yourself, for the growth of your Instagram, where do you feel that could, that could go? Yeah. So lately, I've kind of taken a step back, um, which is funny because uh, I was very heavily into it. So I think lately, I'm kind of just letting it roll. Like, uh, it's very, I'm letting it flow naturally. Um, so I don't force myself to take pictures. I think that it's very difficult. And I think a lot of people will say this too in this time because I center a lot of my work in being at the brewery. Um, so I can only shoot so much like Masaram and Wood Brothers, like maybe those two I can shoot at right now. But other than that, I can't really go to any other tap rooms. And it's very self-limiting for me. So I can sit on my terrace all I want and, you know, pour a beer while I sit there. But I find that very dull and boring lately. So I think um, in the meantime, I'll probably just work on Wood Brothers. But in the future, I would love to do um, a couple more photography gigs. And perhaps when I do a trip down to the U.S. again at 12% would be very nice. They have a massive space. So I think... Um, yeah, I think possibly videography would be a nice way to go as well. Not so much an interview style. I'm definitely more of an artistic type. So I think it would be more cinematic, if anything, mm -hmm. um, sort of just piecing those together. So perhaps that would be something that I would play with. But uh, for now, I'm very comfortable with where I'm at. Like I mentioned before, I don't uh, 
consider myself an influencer by any means. I'm just another person that likes to sit there and take pictures of their beer and look like an idiot sometimes. <laughs> but uh, it's all about meeting the people. So as long as I can meet people and take a couple pictures, that's all I really care about. I'm kind of very surprised because you mentioned a lot of places. And I'm, we probably have run into each other. For Most all likely. I know, it's just we've been like, oh, you've been in the terrace at Masorum where I've been inside because the terrace is too full. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who knows? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's, sometimes it just takes something like this, like a global pandemic that can uh, really bring people together virtually, which is great. I mean, I hope that um, I don't know how long we're going to be in this situation for but I, I know that people were doing a lot of Instagram live videos for the first, you know, maybe two weeks or something mm -hmm. like that. And then they sort of just died. Um, and that was something that I kind of thought was sad is that people were so hung up on, you know, oh, we need to connect and build our community. And then it just sort of stopped. So I think that even when the pandemic is over, that we should learn to connect in different ways. And especially at the brewery and the one thing I would love to see is for the brewers to come out more to people and not stay in their little caves as I call it and kind of mingle more because I think now on the internet people I know brewers engage in a lot of uh, you know Quebec beer pages and they like to comment and stuff like that so it'd be really nice if they did that in real life and build connections you know face to face and really put uh, people to the beer yeah see that's uh, like you mentioned Troy Troy's really good with that I find when if he's not too, too busy, he'll come around and he'll talk to the people he knows uh, as well. Uh, Drew from Kahnawake Brewing, he is very sociable. Mm -hmm. And so when they're back up and running again, because I know they're completely shut down uh, out in Kahnawake, and, but he's doing something great for the community. He's making hand sanitizer and donating it to the community. So uh, even Troy is selling a Canadian-made sanitizer uh, bottles as well. So, you know, these guys are all sticking together trying to stay local as best they can uh i know somebody like myself and you are try still trying to support these guys through their times uh when we can uh to be financially realistic you know we also have our own bills to pay but support local before you go buy molson or uh alexander keese or whoever else so. yeah 100 percent. Yeah. for sure uh so i have no other questions for you at this time uh feel free to let the people know where they can find you you can find me solely on Instagram at Foreign Perspective. And uh, like you mentioned, you can find Wood Brothers on Instagram at Wood Brothers Brewing 2018. And I think it's just Wood Brothers Brewing Co. on Facebook. And uh, you can see us there. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you got it all here. And once it's safe to go out again, definitely hit the tap room in Glen Roberton, Ontario, I believe. Yes, Glen Roberton. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Glen Robertine, not too far from Hawkesbury or Bose. Uh, so if you know Bose, it's a hop, skip, and jump from there. Go check these guys out when it's safe to again. As for us, at All Beer Inside on all the social media, allbeerinside.com. On the right-hand side of the page, if you're doing any Amazon shopping, Jeff Bezos makes enough money. You can help support the show to buy equipment so I can do interviews like this in the future uh, by clicking on the Amazon link. It costs you nothing extra, and I get... The show gets a little portion of what your purchase is, which is always helpful. Uh, as I like to say at the end of every episode, drink craft, not crap. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>